It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing Gabriel Martinelli. What's going on there? Does Mikel Arteta simply not rate the Brazilian? We're going to be discussing that. We're going to be discussing Matteo Genduzzi and his moment to forget uh, whilst playing for her to Berlin at the weekend. And of course, we'll be discussing a little bit about the uh, the clause in the contract that has seen Arsenal have to fork out a million quid because they played Pablo Marie at the weekend. Uh, so yeah, plenty to get our teeth into on today's show. If you haven't already, make sure uh, you smash the like button. I, I want, I would like to think that you hit the like button before you even see the show nowadays. Um, but yeah, if you haven't already done so, make sure you hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. It is all very, very much appreciated. Big hello to everybody in the live chat box as well. Hope you're good. Um, welcome along to the stream. Um, let's start off, actually. Let's put the Arsenal stuff to one side. There is light at the end of the tunnel here in the UK. It's been announced today that there is a plan to end all lockdown restrictions by June. It's a phased plan that could see football fans return uh, to stadiums by the middle of May. Um, could see 10,000 people in the Emirates Stadium. And I'll tell you what. Being at home all this time has driven me stir crazy. I cannot wait to get down to the Emirates, to to meet up with friends, to have a nice drink, to, um, you know, just to have a day out. And I think I, for one, will not be taking it for granted anymore. You know, I'm get, I've already told the wife, you know, this means now that football days are going to be whole day events. It's not going to be leave the house a couple of hours before kickoff. Um, I know most uh, there are a lot of people that do that anyway, but for me it was always a case of driving down a um, couple of hours before kickoff, go get a little bite to eat, and then go to the game. But I tell you what, I'll be making it a day event now um, when that is uh, when that is allowed again. Really looking forward to that, and I think it's the I think it's the boost that everybody here certainly needs because I think people are getting um, people are getting a, a little bit bogged down by the the current lockdown. You know, you're talking about. A lockdown at a time where we can't go out in our gardens and and sit and have barbecues or meet outside because the weather has just been horrendous here in the UK. It's been terrible. Um, so yeah, delighted with that and delighted that things are slowly moving in the right direction. Um, of course, that is um, subject to to nothing going majorly wrong uh, between now and then, and I'm sure the government have worded it in a way whereby they can. Uh, reverse that decision if they feel it is the right thing to do. So, yeah, um, some positive news there. But let's get on to what we're here to discuss, and that is Gabriel Martinelli. Now, Gabriel Martinelli, of course, had a really horrible, horrible injury, um, which he suffered last season. And unfortunately, it's taken him some time to get to get back to fitness. Um, he did come back, and he, I felt he was kind of rushed back, really, Um 
in a couple of games. You know, we talk about that game against Everton away. He came on uh, for around about 19 minutes in that one. And then he started the game against Chelsea at the Emirates Stadium uh, just a few days after that. And it looked from then on that Gabriel Martinelli was in the eyes of Mikel Arteta so important that he was rushing the guy back into the team without really, in my opinion, considering the fact that this kid has been out for such a long time. And actually, he probably needed to be eased back into the picture. As I said, got back into the squad for the first time against Everton, was brought on with around about 20 minutes to go. Next game comes, Chelsea plays 71 minutes, starts the game, starts the game against Brighton as well. Um, And you felt as though Mikel Arteta had, had, had gone, this guy is so important and... I need him in the side as soon as possible, so I'm willing to take a little bit of a risk. Actually, it seems like Mikel Arteta was really, really desperate in general because of late, Gabriel Martinelli hasn't had a look in. And I want to discuss this because there's quite a bit of conflict amongst Arsenal fans on social media. You know, there are some who say that he is protecting Gabriel Martinelli because of the nature of his injury, because he was out for so long. He doesn't want to put him in a situation whereby... um, you know, he could potentially do more damage. And there are others who say that Mikel Arteta simply does not rate the player. So I wanted to discuss that on this show. I want to get your thoughts in the live comments section as well. And we'll be coming uh, to those in a few minutes time. But just to, I just want to put some context to the whole thing, first of all. Right. So I've mentioned that he was brought straight into the squad as soon as he was available. 19th of December, that was. And... He was brought on as a sub in a game against Everton where we were losing. He came on for the last 20 minutes. Then he started the game against Chelsea, played 71 minutes that day on Boxing Day. And then on the 29th, just three days later, he played a game against Brighton and Hove Albion, but was only played 66 minutes. Then he was given a breather in the game against West Bromwich Albion, where Arsenal ran out 4-0 winners. Um... And then he picked up an ankle injury, didn't he, in the warm-up ahead of the FA Cup tie with Newcastle United. So he missed the Crystal Palace game, came back into the squad for the game against Newcastle in the Premier League, got eight minutes that day. And then ever since, he's pretty much been on the bench, barring 45 minutes uh, that he got against Manchester United. So on the one hand, I'm thinking... If you're being super careful with this guy, why did you bring him back into the team so quickly? Because it wasn't a long period between Gabriel Martinelli being seen to be match fit and then him starting a game of football for Arsenal. Was Mikel Arteta just so desperate at that point that he felt um, he needed to change things and that Martinelli could help, could add some, um, you know, some, some bite maybe, some tenacity to a front line? I don't know. But then, then he starts him against Man United. So you think he's he's brought him back into favour. Then you think he's gone out of favour. And then he starts the game against Manchester United. Gets hooked at half-time. And since then, we've not seen a great deal of Gabriel Martinelli at all. Certainly not in the Premier League anyway. He's been on the bench um, in the games at Wolves, Villa, Leeds, Man City. There's been a lot of debate around the decisions to... Um, bring Willian on ahead of him on certain games. And and I know that that sparked quite a big debate. Look, I like to think that it is Mikel Arteta protecting him, but I can understand the other point of view as well, because of the things I've mentioned, because of the fact 
that he has played him in some games and then completely overlooked him in others. I can't really work out where Mikel Arteta is on the whole Gabriel Martinelli thing. Where am I on the Gabriel Martinelli thing? I think he's a fantastic talent. I said it after he scored that goal against Chelsea last season away from home. I said that I cannot remember being this excited about an Arsenal youngster since Cesc Fabregas. And I genuinely meant that. I think he's shown fantastic uh, talent since coming into the club. You know, he's he scored 10 goals in 34 appearances for the first team. Scored, f- uh, provided five assists, sorry. And all of this, you know, and we're talking about a 19-year-old kid, by the way, who's come over from Brazil, literally was thrown in at the deep end and has just performed to such a good level. I think that Unai Emery deserves a fair amount of credit for the way he sort of nurtured Gabriel Martinelli and used him at the beginning of his Arsenal career. So credit to Unai Emery there. I know there's a lot of people that think I don't ever give Unai Emery credit for anything. That is certainly something he deserves some praise for. But I can't quite work out what Mikel Arteta's stance is. Now, the official stance is this, right? The official stance is he really rates the player, but he's looking after him. And, you know, and that's kind of where we're at. Reading between the lines, I think there's probably a bit of a disconnect in terms of where Mikel Arteta sees Gabriel Martinelli playing and where Gabriel Martinelli wants to play. Right, Gabriel Martinelli has made it very clear in numerous interviews since he joined Arsenal Football Club that he sees himself as a left forward. He wants to play on the left of that front three so that he can cut in. That's where he feels he is best. However, some of the comments that Mikel's made almost suggest that he sees Gabriel Martinelli as a, as a centre forward and perhaps he sees him as the longer term replacement for Alexander Lacazette, for example, who, of course, enters the final year of his contract next season. So does Mikel Arteta have a plan for Gabriel Martinelli? Is the disconnect in terms of where Arteta thinks he should play and where Martinelli wants to play, meaning he's getting a lack of game time? Is the fact that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, our captain, our talisman, if you like, although he's not always played like it this season, is the fact that he um, is playing in that left-sided position making it difficult for, for Martinelli to get games. It's a, it's a really strange one. I, you know, there could be so many reasons to it. You know, obviously we don't see how Martinelli trains every day. We don't know if he's at his best level yet in terms of fitness. Well, naturally he wouldn't be at his maximum given how long he was out for. But we don't really know the ins and outs of this. And I'm I'm sitting here every week and I'm I'm watching Mikel Arteta bring on other players ahead of him more often than not. And I'm sitting there going, I can't work this out. You know, what is the deal with Gabriel Martinelli? And the great thing about uh, about Gabriel Martinelli is he seems to have a fantastic attitude. And obviously that always helps. You know, when you're talking about a young player, uh, that certainly always helps. In terms of his contract, there are Arsenal fans who are worried that he may walk away from the club. Well, that's not going to happen right now because he's got a contract until uh, June 2024. And the club have an option to extend that by a further year. So they've already done the work behind the scenes to tie Gabriel Martinelli down. He's not going anywhere for the time being. But why is he not getting game time? Let me know what you guys think in the live comments. Uh, Let's see what you guys are saying. Omar says, in my opinion, he doesn't rate him. Otherwise, he would have been playing games. Um, Brad Richardson says, I think he sees Gabby as a striker. Yep, uh, I think so too. I think Mikel kind of... When speaking 
has kind of given that away and um that could be your reason, obviously. Uh, Said Abdullah says, good evening, Harry. Every time I see people saying Arteta doesn't rate Martinelli, that's annoying. And Said, I, I agree because I don't think necessarily it is a case of Mikel not rating him. I think he probably does rate him. Um, but when he doesn't get selected, when he constantly gets overlooked in favour of players who just simply aren't doing it at times, you do... Um, you do start to wonder and you can understand why there are some people with a different viewpoint on this. Um, Eric says he'd rather have him on the right wing, um, which is interesting. Uh, Will Lee points out a very good point where he says, if you remember, Arteta was also constantly benching Martinelli before the first lockdown as well. That is correct. That is correct. And, you know, that's another thing that that is kind of ammo for those that are maybe a little bit concerned about where Martinelli fits into Mikel Arteta's plans here, because the reality is this is not a kid who was a nailed on starter with Mikel Arteta and then picked up an injury and a struggle to find his way back into the side. In reality, under Mikel Arteta, he didn't get much of a look in in the first place. So that is a little bit of a concern, of course. Um, but I do think that when Mikel first came in, I think as a manager, you're coming in to stop a rot, right? That's ultimately why Emery was sacked. It's ultimately why Mikel Arteta was brought in. A new manager comes in. The first thing he has to do, stop the rot, get people on side. And I think it's probably natural to lean on some of your more experienced players in that situation, especially when you're a not very, ex well, you're not at all experienced manager like Mikel Arteta. So I'm not, me personally, I don't really read into the, the, you know, he didn't pick him much before, but I, I can understand, as I say, why um, it is um, it's seen as an issue to some. Uh, what else have we got? Ginger says, uh, if Arteta doesn't rate Martinelli, why did they bring him on against Benfica and start him against United? This is the point, though, mate. This is the point. You start him against United and then he doesn't get a look in after that, you know, and then it, it, you bring him on in the late stages against Benfica as a striker, by the way which probably um, backs up the point I was making about maybe where the the pro maybe where the boss sees him playing. It just, there's mixed signals here from both directions. As I said, personally, I think that Mikel Arteta does rate Martinelli. I think he's trying to persuade him to, to be a centre-forward. I think he's working on that. I think that's where he sees Martinelli's future. And it does feel like when you watch Martinelli and you look at all the things we know about him, you know, very good finisher, was very good in the air, wasn't he? In particular, um, under Unai Emery in those Europa League games he was playing at the start of the season. And you kind of look at it and you think, well, why can't he play as a centre forward? You know, and for me, I would argue that he's got all of the ingredients to be a centre forward. I think he's tenacious, he's quick, he's strong. Um, he's clever in his movement. And as I said, he's a very, very good finisher. So why can't Gabriel Martinelli play as a centre forward? He absolutely can. It just seems to me that he is not necessarily keen on that himself. And is Mikel Arteta trying to work on that behind the scenes? Is Mikel Arteta essentially grooming this guy to be a centre forward option going forward? We don't know. But in terms of his game time at the moment or the lack of game time in the Premier League anyway, it is a little bit worrying. You know, I get that we've got options. You know, you're, you're talking about 
a team, a front three, essentially, that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is always going to be in. We thought up until a couple of weeks ago that Lacazette was always going to be in it as well. But then you've got Saka, Pepe, Martinelli, um, all competing. Uh, even Emil Smith-Rowe now or Martin Odegaard when the other one is selected as a 10. You've got those guys competing as well. So there's a lot of competition in those wide positions. And perhaps it's as simple as that. But there is concern. And, and the concern... You know, whilst I don't think we should go OTT about it, I do think that the, the reasons that people have that concern are genuine and I can understand it. Uh, Lex Tech says, trust me, Harry, does not rate the kid. Last season, Martinelli and Saka were the top key players this season. This kid should be pushed because he can become a world beater. Uh, Munyaradzi says, Arteta has his favourite players and ones that he don't like. For example, Bellerin should not be playing in that team. Uh, Shiro says, I think it's partially getting him back quickly, but I think Arteta has no idea if he wants to play Oba, Pepe, William or Saka and on which flank. Saka plays no matter what and the other one is open. And I think that Aubameyang, when he's fit as well, um, pretty much plays, whether that's from the left or through the middle. So that's two of the front three positions that are essentially decided before most games. So yeah, I'm talking myself into believing that it is just a... a you know, an issue in terms of the competition within the squad. Um, what else have we got here? Let's see what else you guys are saying. Um, Xander, one of our members, says, Arteta has publicly said he rates Gabby and spoke about how he sees Gabby's role in the future. He'll get the opportunities down the line once more surgery is done to the squad. Um, Mark says, maybe if Pepe hadn't worked out on the left, Martinelli would have been rushed back. Another good point. Uh, Richard Butler just your comments just disappeared where's it gone here it is uh check out the over and over and over again um arsenal podcast as well richard does a great job over there uh, so make sure you check it out on youtube he says no excuse for not bringing him on yesterday arteta's handling of certain players has been atrocious martinelli is better than everyone else we have in the forward positions so if he's not getting game time when he's fit enough for the bench it's another reason to question arteta tofa says free martinelli um Munyaradzi says his actions contradict what he utters. Arteta has been dishonest with the fans on so many occasions. Uh, Silvio says, um, give Martinelli the chance like the other youth. Matt G says, I wondered if it was a problem with his attitude, but that doesn't explain why he's always on the bench and not dropped. Crazy, mad management. Kieran King says, did you see Arteta's furious reaction to Martinelli during the match the other night? I think Arteta is pushing him as a striker and he's taking him time to adapt. Yeah, that, that feels like the most likely um the most likely scenario. You know, I think that um that he does want him to play as a striker. I think we've all we've all agreed on that. But you know, the the worry is that he doesn't get a look in ahead of some of the players that I think as a fan base, we feel he should get a look in ahead of. The other thing is that substitution that was made against Manchester United, as Graham points out, hasn't been quite right since. Maybe something's up there. But Martinelli's been given interviews, right? And and what I like about Martinelli and why I say that his attitude is probably not the issue here is that he's spoken very well. He's spoken... Um, very respectfully about the club, about the manager. He's talked about the fact that he's got a Bamiyang ahead of him, for example, which makes it difficult for him to get into the side. So maybe um, there's been a conversation behind the scenes and maybe there has been an agreement, a mutual understanding that 
Martinelli is going to be moulded into a striker whilst simultaneously being protected because of the injury and because of how quickly he had to come back. Perhaps there's a an acceptance by Gabriel Martinelli that this is his role in the squad this season and that's why he's not really going crazy about it or he's not really kicking up a stink. Um, GDF32 says Martinelli was not... St- was no never a starter for any managers. What if Arteta is just trying to develop him away from the pressure since he's also coming back from an injury? Yeah, it's important to know that he wasn't a starter for Unai Emery either, but he got his fair share of game time, and I don't think he's getting that now. And you'd expect that, you know, having had that game time early on in his career, that now the next stage is to now have more regular game time, i.e. start more football matches, play more in the Premier League. But again, you know, it's a, it's a really difficult one to try and draw up a conclusion about. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, G-Med says, if Arteta didn't rate him, he wouldn't have given him a long-term contract, though. Um, Mr. A says, this is a year of Martinelli getting back to full fitness. I'm not worried about him for this season because he's on a five-year deal. Yeah, and I'm not worried about it either. And I said it earlier on in the show. You know, you look at his contract. Um, he's got a fair amount of time left on that. And it's not urgent. You know, it's not urgent. We're not talking about a situation like the one, for example, Balogun finds himself in where he's demanding certain game time. Arsenal don't want to meet those demands. And right now we're talking about a player who uh, coming towards the end of February is still not signed a deal that will keep him at the club beyond the end of this season. So it's not time to panic, but... And, And I'll reiterate what I said. I still feel as though there is an element of the player being protected here, um, an element of Mikel Arteta wishing to play him in a slightly different position. I think all of that is valid here and I'm not panicking about it. I just, But I do get why people are questioning it as well because especially when they're watching players who have been um, under par all season get the nod ahead of him. I can understand why it's frustrating. Uh, Three says, I want Gabriel to be the next Henri Martinelli. Started from the left like Thierry and then converted to a striker. Yep. Um, Cyril says, I still believe that Martinelli does not have a high... Is that meant to be CO2 max? Adjusting to British weather from tropical weather is a bummer. Maybe he's struggling in this way. I'd imagine that he'd have got over that by now, mate. He's been in England long enough. It could be a good point. I don't know enough about that kind of stuff, but um, yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine that's still an issue. Uh, Steve says, I refuse to believe the rumours that Arteta doesn't rate him. Saka aside, Gabby's our next most talented player. I remember Arteta saying he doesn't want to burn the youngsters out. Yeah, and I agree with that. I really do. It's just, it's just, he talks about burning people out and then, plays Bukayo Saka every single game. I know he's become important to the team and I know he's he's um he's key, but it just feels um like it's one rule for one, one rule for the other. I don't know. I don't know. Just a quick reminder, if you haven't already and I can see there are plenty of you watching us live at the moment, make sure you hit the like button, make sure you subscribe to the channel. If you're interested in becoming a member, joining our Discord server, as well as receiving a number of other benefits, then feel free to click on the link in the description. Support the channel. Come over. Also, this podcast is sponsored by Manscaped.com. 
So if your forbidden forest is in need of some tender loving care, especially now that lockdown is uh, coming towards an end, uh, then get involved. Head over to manscaped.com. Enter our discount code, which is 90min290min20, min and you will get 20% off of your order as well as free shipping. I've already had a couple of you messaging me over the last uh, few days uh, telling me that you've uh, taken up the offer. So, um, yeah, check it out. Uh, check out the discount code. Get involved. And uh, we'd love to um, we'd love to hear some more. Uh, I'm not going to say Manscaped stories. I don't really want to know what you're doing with them. But if you <laughs> if you do uh, go out there and get them, let me know. Um, it's always great to get an idea of um, of uh, how it's all going. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Alcarp says, if he played him and, in and he got injured again, you would blame him for rushing him back. Yeah, you know, agreed. Um, it's, a, it's a hard balance to find. It just feels like there's no balance whatsoever right now. It feels like he's just completely been cast aside or, or fallen very far down the pecking order when I think we all probably think he's got the talent to be a little higher, higher up that list than he currently is. Uh, Matt says, Harry, do you think Arteta is protecting him from fan pressure? I worry fans see him as Aaron Bappe. Yeah, I think when we talk about protecting um, Gabriel Martinelli, part of it is physically and part of it is that as well. Uh, you raise a really, really good point. You know, we're talking about a player who has shown signs that he could go on and become very, very good and very competent and very useful. But he's still too young to be carrying the weight of a club this big on his shoulders and you know, you look at somebody like Bukayo Saka, who I think has taken to that role brilliantly. You know, he's become our go-to man very much. But the difference has been that, that Bukayo Saka has, has not had an injury. Bukayo Saka has been playing football um, in the first team in the Premier League. He's played more Premier League football and he's played that football in a variety of different positions. That was... Bukayo Saka's education and I think that Gabriel Martinelli may have got that education as well had he or been offered the opportunity to get that education had he not picked up that injury so that was really unfortunate because I felt like he was at a, a very good point um, you know in terms of his development and obviously the injuries halted that and obviously we need to take that into consideration as well so um, yeah it's um, it's a difficult one it is a difficult one but might put a poll out on this one because it's um it's uh it's an interesting one. Uh what else have we got? Brett Huffman says, I just can't see good enough reason to leave him out at all. At least bring him in off the bench. The kid is all energy. Definitely needed that yesterday. Yeah, I I, I, dis uh, I do agree, sorry, um, with you that yesterday was the classic game where you're looking at it and you're going, we just need that little bit of tenacity. We just need somebody to chase things down. We need a bit more zip in the final third. We need someone who's going to run the channels a little bit better than Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang did. And he just, he just refused to do it. And and I get, like I said it on the show earlier, right? I don't want to keep going over the same stuff, but I get why Mikel would have approached yesterday's game and gone, right, if we stay in this for as long as possible, we've got a chance. Might not be a big chance. Certainly isn't a big chance when you're not creating opportunities, when you're not, um, you know, dangerous enough in the final third. But it is a chance, and a chance is better than no chance. And I think he's just kind of playing a bit of a percentage game uh, when he goes into these big fixtures at the moment. But Brett, you're absolutely right. When it comes to Gabriel Martinelli, we know he's he's got an abundance of energy. Um, reminds me a little bit, and I, I've said this before, you've probably heard it 
and probably sick to death of hearing it, but he reminds me a little bit of like a Luis Suarez, you know, that kind of Luis Suarez, Alexis Sanchez. It's a kind of, it's a South American thing where they're so tenacious, you know, they close people down, they'll do anything to win. They're, they're always energetic and leave everything on the pitch. So yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, Zulaman says, "How I'm going referring back to my comment about maybe grooming him to become a centre forward? How are you grooming a player without game time? You can you can adapt someone's position on the training ground, mate. Um, of course you can. Uh, you know he he came on as a substitute for a brief uh, a brief spell during the game uh, against Benfica the other night. He came on and he moved went into centre forward. So that's 15 minutes or whatever it was." Um, in his locker, it's 15 minutes of education, 15 minutes towards uh, his journey of, of where he's going to end up. But I, I don't agree that you you can't work with someone unless without them playing 90 minutes every week. I, the whole point of training is to work on players, is to develop players. And to be fair to Mikel Arteta, for all the stick he gets, one of the things that he has been praised for widely, actually, by a lot of those Manchester City players at present is his ability to help people on the training ground. Raheem Sterling is someone who accredits a lot of his development over the last few years to Mikel Arteta and his methods on the training ground, not necessarily on the pitch. You know, once they cross that white line and the game begins, as a coach, you know, you're, you're handicapped. You can't stop the game and say, let's do this, let's work on this, let's move here, let's move there. But in training, you can. And I think that Mikel Arteta can uh, provide this guy with a good education on the training ground. Um, Josh Hunter says, I think the fact that because Arteta wants to convert Gabby into a striker, he won't get a look in at the moment because of what he needs to learn. Yep. Good point. Uh, Chico says, big up Harry. Nice stash up there on your bookshelf. Cheers, mate. I agree with one of the chats that we should not be rushing Martinelli. He's had a couple of nicks already. Saka is steady. Agreed. Um, Greenbone mentions the Genduzi thing. We're going to talk about that in a bit, mate. Don't worry. Uh, don't worry. Um, why one of our members says I worry about the 90 minutes that Saka's playing back to back yeah me too it is a bit of a concern isn't it it feels like he's um, it feels like he's he's just he, he could burn out and, and that's a massive worry but equally we're in a position where we need results and the only way you get results is by playing your best players and, and Saka at the moment has proved himself uh, to be one of our best players and there's no doubt about that uh, Steffi NYC Guna how are you says Martinelli's a quality player I love that he takes players on tracks back and helps defend can't say that about some of our other players uh, what else have we got Tucky says uh, one thing we can't allow to happen is to let Martinelli leave because he's not getting played talents like him don't come around too often yeah and, and we talked about the contract situation the contract situation around Gabriel Martinelli at the moment is safe so don't worry about that don't stress about that um, but, um, yeah, let's see. Uh, Daniel says, I'm not too mad about Gabby not playing, but with Willian, it annoys me. I get that as well. And, and that's been, I think the whole Martinelli discussion and debate has become, um, has become more prevalent because Willian has not delivered and Willian has been coming on in games and not necessarily, uh, affecting them and so that makes it a bigger deal than it probably should be um so yeah that that's another that's another thing 
uh, to think about. It's all about taking a step back sometimes, looking at things with context. I don't think we do that um, enough. Right, we're going to leave it there with, with Gabriel Martinelli. Uh, plenty of discussion on that. In conclusion, I don't think that Mikel Arteta doesn't rate the lad. I think he does rate him. I do think there's a bit of a disconnect around his position. I do think that's something that they're probably looking to to um, to fix um, behind the scenes. And um, I still think that despite not playing a lot of football at the moment, Gabriel Martinelli still has a massive, massive future um, ahead of him. He really does. I think he's got a massive future ahead of him and I think that that future is at Arsenal and I wouldn't be too concerned. There's no suggestions that the player himself is making any noises or is uh, is disappointed by the situation he finds himself in. Obviously, he wants to play, but I think his understanding of the, of the, the way things are at the moment at Arsenal as a football club, the way he needs to be managed properly, having recovered from a serious injury at such a young age and... Um, yeah, I think he knows that the future is very much his. And I think he's working towards getting back to his best, whether that be on the training ground, getting some brief cameos uh, from time to time. But yeah, I, I wouldn't worry about this too much. But equally, having said that, although that is my view, I can understand why there are fans out there asking questions about it. And that's why I thought it was worth a discussion. Let's discuss uh, Matteo Genduzzi, currently on loan at Hertha Berlin. Um I don't know if anybody's seen it. If you haven't, Google it, YouTube it, search it on Twitter, whatever. Um, Matteo Genduzzi has just made a, a right tit of himself at the weekend where um, he's got the ball in his own penalty area and um, he's felt a, a touch of contact and um, he hits the ground and essentially loses the ball inside his own um, inside his own penalty area and could they concede a goal off the back of it. And... When I talked about Matteo Genduzzi in the past, about his lack of maturity and petulance and how that lack of maturity can sometimes land him in hot water, that's exactly what I was talking about. You're a defender in your own penalty area. You do not, under any circumstances, go down easily in your own box. Opposition box is a different story. In your own box, you need to stand tall. You need to stand strong. It needs to be that nothing but but a car or a truck is going to knock you down. And Matteo Genduzzi, if you watch it, he tries to put his body in the way and, and, and take some, take the contact or engineer a foul out of the, uh, you know, the situation he finds himself in. And I thought it was embarrassing to be honest um, from Matteo Genduzzi and Hertha Berlin have conceded a goal off the back of it. And he's become a bit of a laughing stock um, in the German media over the last couple of days. And, and, and rightly so, you know, it's embarrassing. Um, you know, I'm not highlighting that solely to, to you know, to dig out Matteo Genduzzi or to say that, you know, oh, Arteta was right to move him on. What I'm saying is that for those who think that Matteo Genduzzi is the finished article, he really isn't because that lack of maturity um, it is, is a real problem for him, you know, and, and it's something that he clearly hasn't, he hasn't got over, you know, he hasn't got over it. Um, he needs to put that shit to the side. Um, he needs to grow up. He needs to understand that when you're defending in your own penalty area, um, you know, you you have to be strong. You have to be big. And, and I mean, we're talking about him getting bullied in the Bundesliga in a situation like this or trying to make, um, you know, I'm not going to say bullied because there wasn't even much in it. But what I mean is, I think that he's got to, 
put that crap out of his head. And and the first thought of a central midfielder who's defending inside his own penalty area should not be, I need to get a foul here. It should be, how can I move the ball away? How can I protect my goal? And you know what? As much as I defend him, Granit Xhaka's guilty of that sometimes as well. Granit Xhaka does that on the edge of our box quite often where he just kind of puts his body in front of someone um, and he just waits for the contact and he just assumes, he just gambles on the referee giving a soft free kick. So I don't like to see that from anyone. And I and I think that Matteo Genduzzi has to learn from that. Hopefully he does. Um, and I'm just thankful that he did make that error in an Arsenal shirt. Also, uh, lots of discussion today around Pablo Marie and the fact that him playing against Manchester City meant that Arsenal had to pay some money uh, towards Flamengo. We think it was around about £1 million. It's part of the deal that brought him to the club in the first place when he made a certain amount of appearances. I think it was 10. Arsenal were going to have to uh, contribute to that transfer fee in an instalment. And um, there were some conspiracy theories, weren't there, floating around a couple of weeks ago that he wasn't injured and Arsenal were waiting until they had the money to pay that. I think is absolute nonsense. But yeah, um, you can see why people were saying it. Anyway, he's back, um, back in the side. I thought he had a pretty decent game yesterday as well. Uh, But when you're reading those headlines, and I've seen a few of them today, uh, suggesting that uh, Pablo Marie cost... Arsenal a million pound yesterday with his performance. It is because uh, we had to honour one of the clauses in the contract. So, yeah, nothing more than that. Right. um, I think that brings me to the end of this live edition of the podcast. Uh, Don't forget to smash the like button if you haven't done so already. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new. If you're interested in becoming a member, please do so by clicking on the link in the description. And check out manscaped.com, our sponsors, our kind sponsors of the podcast at the moment. So head over to manscaped.com, enter our discount code 90min20, that's 90min20, and you'll get 20% off of your order as well as free shipping. Uh, so please do check that out. Um, going to be on the same old Arsenal podcast in a little bit, around about 7pm. So looking forward to that. So come over and join us for that as well. Uh, I'm going to uh, dash off for a little bit now and I will catch you guys soon. We've got two shows coming your way tomorrow. Um, two shows coming your way on, or one show coming your way on Wednesday, which will be our Benfica preview early on in the day and then of course on Thursday we'll be bringing you uh, a show during the day we'll be bringing you um, the watch along of the game and of course uh, the post-match reaction show after that as well so plenty to come before we then on Friday turn our attention to the game against Leicester City so lots of content to come your way over the next few days so stay tuned and we'll see you soon cheers You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.